pre-recorded from London City, it's a very bad impression of Kent Brockman letting you know it's time for Simpsons News. So, here we are, the season finale. Well, actually, it's actually a milestone in two ways. It's the season finale, but it's also... The first episode, twenty twenty three. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of weird how we planned that. Yeah, I like it. You're looking as if like <laughs> that was planned. We actually did plan that. But, I mean, yeah. it's I did we didn't plan. It's kind of worked out that way. Yeah, you know? it kind of yeah. makes sense. It's worked like, out well. I like it. New Year started, finishing it off. Started on a then, bang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking we should end with like a cliffhanger where like you know you shoot me, so everyone's like, oh my god, is he actually dead? And then I actually, I actually am there. Yeah, and think? then I do the podcast on my own. <laughs> what do you think, Dylan or D- Sebastian has a Simpsons podcast, or Dylan and Sebastian had a Simpsons podcast? Yeah, this could be the new that'd name. Be great. <laughs> It'd be great if I died. You kept doing it without me. I mean, that would be fascinating. <laughs> I'll say that much, but I wouldn't get to experience it because I would be dead. We can try out some time. Could be like a Halloween special. Anyway, guys, welcome to Dylan Sebastian and Simpsons podcast. Happy New Year! Yeah, Happy New Year! Merry yeah. Christmas! All that. All that. I mean, I, I wouldn't say Merry Christmas. <laughs> I think we're a little past this. I know, but, but we didn't. That's true. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, I hope everyone listening had a nice Christmas. Saying or everything. Whatever you do celebrate. Yeah, I hope you're rocked into that New Year in style. And today's a weird one because we're sitting on the opposite side of the yeah sofa that we normally sit on. Yeah. So basically, we always sat. I was always on the left hand side, and Sebastian was always on the right. But the day we just sat down, I re- immediately realized we're in different sides. And at first, I was going to suggest moving. Yeah, New Year knew me. New Year knew me. At first, I was going to suggest moving. I was like, you know what? Maybe it'll add different energy. Let's see what it does. Yeah. Like usually, Dylan's sways to the right, but mine sways to the left. So, Uh-oh. that took me a minute. <laughs> that took me longer than I'd like to admit <laughs> to realize what you were saying. But hey, New Year knew you. But yeah, we're gonna rock into the New Year in style with Poor House Rock, as I just said, the final episode, the twenty-second episode. Of the 33rd season. I'm going to immediately assume you didn't like this episode. Seriously. Oh. Oh, really? You, you assume I didn't like it. N- am I wrong? No. Okay, good. Yeah. I liked it. I just, just because you're... Ne- no, no, sorry. Yeah, you are wrong. Sorry, I'm wrong that you... You, you liked that it. That you think I didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I liked it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. The only reason why I thought that is because you usually don't like musical comedies. Like, or just but, musicals for stuff. You know stuff. what? I liked this musical bit. Yeah, I did I too. It was really good. I, th- I, th- I thought it was super solid. Yeah, yeah. I was. I made it an incorrect judgment. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I'm relieved that you do like it. But yeah, jumping in. So we had a little couch gag beforehand. Uh, very quick couch gag. Really cool. Different animation of like a teenage version of essentially all the kids from people at elementary just partying in uh, the sitting room, and they hear Marge and Homer come home, so they all like rush away, and a- an older version of uh, Marge and Homer come in, and this. Couch gag was animated. I was gonna say it's for trivia, but it kind of makes more sense to bring it up now. Was animated by a guy on Instagram and Twitter by the name of let me find his name, a Spiker Monster. Spiker, so S P I K E R Monster. My favorite couch gag of the season. Yeah, I would probably agree with you. I'm struggling to remember all of them. This had such great animation was so cool it was really good yeah it could be mine you know what let's when we do our recap next week yeah. I'm going to give my official one but it, it, it could be this one I just can't remember every single one exactly but I mean yeah it was great Um, yeah Instagram and TikToker called um, or 
sorry, Twitter and Instagram guy called Spiker Monster who does these amazing Simpsons art. I won't pretend I knew him before this episode. I found out I found about before this episode, but I've been a huge fan since. He did a a piece of art for every single episode of this season. Hmm. And they're all super cool. Really good artists. And he has like an ongoing it's like a series you could call it, but it's not like not an actual story, it's just like telling stories through pictures of like teenage versions of kids in, in that same animation style. Really, really cool. Uh avant garde Simpsons fan, which I love to see. Uh we cut we see Marge in the kitchen making cookies with the British flag on it. And Homer goes, Ooh, cookies. He's like, They're not cookies, they're biscuits. That's British for cookies. And they're not for you. Uh, everyone tries to get their hands on the cookie and Homer tries out putting his foot in there to no success. It always annoyed the whole cookie thing always annoyed me. It's yeah. like we don't call cook like actual cookies biscuits. Like a chocolate chip cookie or whatever would be a cookie. Yeah, well, biscuits are like, you know, digestives and um jammy dodgers, creams, yeah. You know, all that stuff, which I feel you can't call them cookies. Bourbon creams, yeah. Well, yeah, it is, it is for us, cookies are a very specific thing, you know? Yeah. Whereas in America, it's not a, a, a specific word at all. It's kind of is the word that they use for... Like I say, we, we, we use biscuits, really, but it is a very, a very broad term, you know? It's like everything, like like, like a, a Jamie Dodger would be a, cookie, would be a right. cookie to them, you know, stuff like that. So it is... I don't know, I mean, because I was raised on biscuits and cookies, like... It makes more sense to me that way, but obviously, it's what makes sense to them. Chips is always one that threw me as well, like yeah. that they call crisps chips, and then chips or fries, and I, I it's, it's like well, so many small differences, but they actually throw the me off so is, much. The reason they're called chips mm. is because like, like chip shop chips are like chipped. You know, yeah, chipped off the that makes sense. Potato instead of like yeah, like, like a fry is definitely more of a potato chip than the thing that Americans call potato chips. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like just to me, it makes more sense. I'm not, I'm not dissing what they call it, but yeah, it just makes more sense to me because that's the way yeah, I. Do you know what I think up. is really overrated? Yeah, the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Honestly, they are they actually are elite. Like they're well, not yeah, a I thing. Think overrated. Super. I mean, obviously they're big in America. Super, like not popular here or in Ireland. It's but like, a like treat. delicious. It's yeah, dessert. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. The donut shop I work at did like a Fourth uh, of July donut one time, which was like peanut butter and jelly filling. Fucking delicious. So so nice. I don't like the combination. You only did it for one day. You said it was overrated. Yeah, it's over. Oh, he says I. I'm not registering. What he's over means you don't like it. No, I do like it. Okay, no, I really like it. I have to say, I think it's good because I know crunch for me, crunchy peanut butter and and like you know plain like strawberry jam because that kind of like that's another weird one is uh, jam for them is jelly, yeah. <laughs> but so uh, I like that crunch that softness is, is jello. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. I, I really like. Um, if I'm having peanut butter on its own, mm. smooth, but it makes a lot more sense in the PB and J. Yeah, I, it I, does I, depend on my mood because I like <clears throat> both, but I think I'd usually go for smooth. Same with orange juice. I oh, could do bits, but usually smooth. Smooth orange juice over bits any day of the week. I'd be yeah, I would prefer smooth peanut butter generally. But I think in a dessert kind of because it adds that crunch. Yeah, I like peanut butter like on like Reese's pieces and stuff. But anyway, I'm getting hungry just talking about all these desserts. Um, yeah, Mar- Marge informs them that they're that all these cookies are for the her girls' night, girls' night, where they're all watching a new season of a British show, and uh, she also prepared afternoon tea. And that's another thing I wanted to address in, in regards to 
all these desserts. It's like, what is the deal with afternoon tea? It's a big thing here, not a big thing in... <laughs> I know it's not actually that big, but... <laughs> just the concept that you have it's... a dinner, and you have, like, a freaking cake. I don't know if it's actually a cake, but, like, all these desserts afterwards... Well, afternoon tea... It seems like is, overkill. It's like, it's like a weekend <clears> thing. <throat> oh, is it's it? It's like a sun... Usually, like, a Saturday or Sunday thing, and it's like, you probably do it at, like, one o'clock. You start oh. at one o'clock, and it's like, um... I've barely done it in my life, but yeah. it's fucking good. Like, oh, I've done it. Yeah, it's, it's delicious. Yeah. yeah, you get like tea, obviously. Um, usually, you can have like a glass of prosecco or something as well. Oh, and I didn't know that was like I like it now. Sandwiches, and then you get the best thing, which is the the cakes. The um, the cakes, but in particular the um, jam and clotted cream scones. Jam and cottage cream. Clotted. Clotted cream. cream. So it's really, really thick cream. Ooh, it's I mean, to like, be fair, it's got like butter consistency. It's so oh, thick. nice. To be fair, jam and cream in the scone, yeah. that is the best combination. It's, it's unbelievable. You really can't beat that. Yeah. It, it's unbelievable. It's so simple, it's honestly just fantastic. Yeah, that's yeah. the best thing about it. Um, I don't really know. It's a kind of a strange thing, but it's. Yeah, it's, it's very traditional. Like, I don't, so much food. I'm probably one of like a few people that have actually done it. Mmm. <laughs> Like the really fancy one where it's in that like that that big trough, yeah. And like you build your way down, like sandwiches are on top, oh, and the desserts are at the bottom. I mean, yeah, it's super nice, but it is so filling. But yeah, to distract them, marriage got Bart and Lisa book and uh, found Homer a podcast about beers you never hear about anymore. He's like, Woo, there's a whole episode about Lowenbrow. I'm doing it preparing drinks while Sarah gets the Netflix out, which she stole from Helen Lovejoy while she was staying with them on a break. And we see the password on a break from from Timothy Lovejoy, obviously. We see her password on Netflix is no love, no joy. It's, and, it's funny because not too long ago I was doing the classic episode where they're actually meant to be like the couple that. Are, oh, the couple counseling. Yeah, it's yeah. true. They were like seeing that episode as like season two, obviously, as like the ideal couple. Like they're so good, they're helping yeah. out other couples. Whereas now they're like, they're, that's constantly the joke they're making as their their marriage is just in trouble. They're yeah. staying together for the sake because it would look bad if the reverend broke up with uh with his wife but yeah i like that also a small little detail i appreciate is that sarah Righam is still voiced by megan mullally who yeah. voiced her first in uh i forget the name of the episode on cuff Femmes, which yes. is the first one we did uh, yeah my first episode yeah yeah first one we did together so nice little uh i just i appreciate the continuity they drink on as they watch uh tunnelton and the narrator informs us that it was a time where women were wore tight corsets and men bore rock hard abs and they're, they're watching all this like you know it's falling over it's obviously a parody of Bridgerton and marriage is like oh men can have muscles on their chest now and we go over to Homer in the in the dining room and uh, he have he has like the, the phone on his on his stomach and he's like oh the the, the, the ad in the podcast is about beer that's so smart <laughs> we go back to the show we see a man running into a tree and uh, it, it tears his shirt off, and the marriage just goes. The writing on this show yeah. is amazing. It's so true, because it, it is a thing. Like, <laughs> I feel like our mums would like anything that's sort of like that. Oh <laughs> well, wow! Thirst trappy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the way they got him to take his shirt off was so clever. I mean, my mom was a big fan of Bridgerton. I wish she never told me. I didn't need to know that she was watching it, but <laughs> she tells me it's a great show, and I'm like, I, I, I know why you think it's a great show. Yeah. <laughs> it's not cause the storytelling it's at all. Beat around the bush. 
Yeah, it's because of Ranjane Page or whatever his name was, something like that. And then a prince arrives, and this is back in the show obviously, informing that they won the Battle of Tunnelton and that to celebrate that they should all take their clothes off and they all start dancing in celebration and we see the women are just drinking more and more and more. We're going to cut to the next morning. Marge is lying in bed, hung over, and Homer is like really confused by this. And he's like, you look like me when I look at myself in the mirror. She says she can't go to church today. And he's like, fine by me. And like he removes his shirt and pours potato chips all over his chest. He like, starts eating them, obviously. Mmm, like, chest chips. Quite possibly my favorite mmm of the season. Fantastic. It was good. <laughs> Fantastic. Chest chips. Uh, but marriage makes him take the kids to church on his own. He's like putting his suit on all cranky like, oh, I always go to church hungover. It's always the committed drinkers who get punished. Booze hands just can't catch a break. We didn't cut to First Church of Springfield and you see a sign saying, our email was hacked, do not open attachment. <laughs> Funny gag regardless, but I wonder was that detail meant to be that Sarah hacked into their email? Since she has the password. Yeah. If like that might have been it. It kind of makes sense because we had the whole detail of her being a criminal. And it's funny because she's... Her husband is a freaking police officer. And she's hacking into people's emails. We see that the churchgoers are all singing. They're singing a song that literally just goes... Lisa just goes, you know, hymns like this made God sound a little thirsty. And Lovejoy invites the kids to join Helen for Sunday school, and they all start moaning. Cool thing, they they used to go to Sunday school a lot in the early seasons. I would say it's been decades since this was a since they had this on the show. It's cool to just see that back. Yeah. yeah. But all the kids start moaning, and then Re- uh, Reverend Lovejoy just goes, try spending a weekend in in Wisconsin with her. We cut to the Sunday school. She gets them to, Helen gets them to do show and tell on honoring thy parent. And Lisa's like, even though I'm not a practicing Christian and my grades in Sunday school will not matter for my future, I still feel a desperate need to impress. So pick me, pick me. We see she has like a beautiful project prepared for talking about marriage and Homer. But she chooses Bart. She points over to see that Bart's like smelling a Jesus cross and fainting. You know, this classic Bart being cheeky like. And he just goes, you know, for a woman of fate, you have very little in me. He, he introduces Marge first and just refers to her as like a class act all the way. It's like a lovely picture of her and three kids. And he shows a video of Homer uh, sleeping while a toddler version of, of the, the kids feed him donuts and M&M's. And Bart's like, he's the hardest working man I know. And he's great at, and, at conserving his rage. We go to a baseball game as a video of the Capital City goofball, who people would remember from classic dancing Homer from season two. He's like, he's like a joking thing, like proposing to marriage jokingly uh, with like a bu- bu- bouquet of flowers. And Homer starts chasing after him. <laughs> and we just hear the commentator going, oh, that is just not fair. <laughs> that reminded me of um, there was some fa- I can't remember what the fair was but years ago I remember there's all these characters at it and one was Woody Woodpecker and I was super young like maybe five or six at the time I was obsessed with Woody Woodpecker and he went up and like proposed to my mom and I remember the commentator being like ladies and gentlemen Woody Woodpecker has a girlfriend and I remember being obsessed with the idea of my mom going out with Woody Woodpecker nice <laughs> little bit but I loved him like the idea of Woody Woodpecker being my dad he had daddy oh, vibes <laughs> he would be a terrible father he's a selfish man he's yeah. only out for himself 
<laughs> I was a sexy at the time, and she was also single time. I remember when I wanted like a stepdad. So you know, yeah, how, how Woody Woodpecker was an ideal candidate. You wouldn't want your mum to be with someone that's out there pecking other people's wood. <laughs> <laughs> nice, but it. Was... Yeah, I think it can go further from there. <laughs> but yeah, we didn't come back to the churchgoers and they're all singing. <laughs> this one was the best of the two. Then Homer asks Maggie to work her magic and she happily starts crying. He pats her on the back this and like the first time I've through. heard Maddie, um, Maggie cry in a long time really I'd swear maybe not actually I was going to say maybe she cried in the maid Maggie Do you remember the one where Fat Tony was does she her cry godfather? she probably doesn't actually just because she's a main character in the episode we would assume she made a noise but you know, maybe she doesn't cry yeah true I mean Nancy Cartwright throws me off a bit I'm like oh god yeah. it is weird it's, it's weird to see like any character from her over just you know, just yeah. doing her little, her, her little uh, pacifier noises. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He he, he puts her. Into, I love all of the specific rooms they have in the church. He puts her into the crying baby room. She's very upset about this, and he oversees Bart showing a video of Homer getting tossed out of a movie theater. <laughs> He's like, if I wasn't allowed piss in the cup, they should have commercials. <laughs> he starts chanting, "Whiz break, whiz break." They all start booing him. Do you think the movie should have commercials in the cinema? No, no, fuck not. that. <laughs> I will say it is annoying, and it's just because it's a novelty. That's why you get him all that home. way the first twenty minutes, and then you can watch the film. Oh, going to the toilet! I almost always have to go to the toilet during the movie. Yeah, and it does annoy me, you but like why? obviously because I wouldn't want commercials because you're thinking about it as well. Yeah, it's because, because you're like slightly need it. You have to go. Exactly, it's because you're like, oh, it'd be really inconvenient if I needed to go to the bathroom, and so you end up having to go to the Surprisingly, bathroom. Surprisingly, I didn't in Avatar. Oh, really? Jesus, yeah, yeah, three yeah. hour and 15 minute movie. And I had a litre... Um, freestyle drink. Freestyle drink. My God. I mean, I went, I'd say, three or four times. Really? <laughs> yeah. oh, I did go once. I went before and then after. Damn, that's impressive. Yeah. My bladder's getting older, though. It'll happen to you soon. I speak as if I'm so much older than you. But it has literally only started happening in the past year. Like, You know mine sucks. Does it suck? I guess you do have to go to the bathroom a lot, yeah. yeah. Well, it's when we drink. <laughs> yeah, you go to the bathroom a lot. That's true. But like it's, 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 it's literally when we have me in the past year now, do I have to wake up to pee? Does that happen to you? No. No, it happens to me a lot now. There's some nights where I wake up twice. Shit. Yeah, so <laughs> that's the thing that'll, that'll happen to you soon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's not inconvenient. You say this like you're like. I know I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, it might just be my bladder and shit. But oh, what's this? this is why I don't drink alcohol when I see a film either, because I know that will make me go. To oh, the immediately. I don't know what it is either. It's just like. You know, you have a freestyle drink that is obviously way more liquid, yeah. and I'd be fine. But I'll have like one bottle of Corona, and I have to go to the bathroom twice. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know what what is up with that. Like, yeah, he's watching the, the video of Homer getting tossed out of the movie theater. Yeah, he he's like, you know, my 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 dad is definitely not 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 a great man. Homer's like, not 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 not. That's four nuts. <laughs> he runs in like absolutely outrage. Uh, tries to beat Barrett up and Helen grabs him and puts him into the angry adults room so like I said just like really specific rooms <laughs> clearly really upset then cut back cut to him at, in, in in the bedroom of marriage he's absolutely outraged 
that Bart embarrassed him in front of all the kids, especially Ralph. <laughs> and Marge suggests taking Bart to work as she never felt more proud of her dad than she did when she saw him play a pizza in an antacid commercial. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to make him proud. Pizza proud. <laughs> we didn't cut the Bart in his room. You see, he's applying uh, nine spikes in his hair. Which yeah, is yeah. the trivia I always yeah, gave you, yeah. <laughs> so it's actually you say that he obviously insists on having nine spikes in his hair. That's canon now. And then Homer just goes in and grabs him. We didn't cut to them at the power plant. He's like trying to pull him out of the car. Bass refusing to go in. He's like, I don't want to hear your friends telling me how big I've gotten. Which 100% related to. Obviously not anymore, but it was a thing that... You'd see your dad's friend... A week later, and he'll be saying how big you've gotten. I'm like, I don't think I've grown in the size of a week. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? Like, jeez, you've gotten so big. Like, really? Have I? Uh, but it, it, it's it's weird. Like, yeah, my dad does that as well. He's like, you you put on a bit, but not in like a bad way. Like, you look a bit bigger, sort of thing. Oh yeah, well, I I meant tall, but yeah, I, I guess that would happen too. Yeah, just like yo, you 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 turn into quite the man, like yeah. you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, he throws he throws Bart's phone in, and uh, he's like, "Well played, Homer." And Homer's like, "Larry, throw a guest badge on him." We cut to Homer showing him his workspace. Great little scene, and like, watch it being like, it's actually bizarre. This hasn't happened yet. Yeah, you know, it just seems like such a simple thing that would have happened before. You know, I mean, Bart's definitely been in the power plant before, but like, not actually done a tour or anything, you know. But he shows him his workspace, and he's showing him all like the machinery. And he's like, "This thing over here is if the core gets too hot. I'm all over that." And this dealie over here is if the car goes missing. Has that ever happened? Not on my watch. And the way you can be sure is that everyone you know isn't dead. And takes him to the break room and shows him all like the, the morning donuts that are there. And Bat's like, they're free? Like, well, there's an honor system. And it's just like a, a donation jar with no money in it that just, just says donuts are not free. <laughs> we didn't. Uh, Bat's like looking at everything in the room and he like sees a TV, TV is playing Dr. Phil. For some reason, he finds that really impressive. He's like, whoa, a show about that jerk Dr. Phil. And he's like, a sewing machine, a poster on how to how to choke a guy. And was like, I think that's for after you choke them. <laughs> it's like the, the Heimlich maneuver, obviously. <laughs> we See, I feel like that should have been Homer showing Bart, and then Homer would have been like, a poster on how to choke a guy. And then Bart would be like, <laughs> I think that's after you choke. That's a good point, yeah. Because they're both stupid, but usually Homer is more stupid. Yeah, like, they're both dumb commons, but the last one is a little smarter. I think it's for after you choke them. (laughs) That's true, it's a good point. Then Smithers comes in and he's like, Simpson, I need that spreadsheet uh, on hard water degradation rate in my my office by this afternoon. And Homer's like, watch this. We got him going into a room of eager interns, and he's like, I told you to separate the graduation on the hard lemonade, so find out what I'm talking about and get it done. And they're like, oh, yes, Mr. Simpson. They all just start, start furiously typing. Again, it's like not something that we got like a whole load of details to you about, like, what actually, what does he actually do there yeah. day to day? It all just makes so much sense. Is that like, Smithers gives him reports, and he just gets interns to do it. <laughs> he's just getting away with murder on a weekly basis. <laughs> we did uh, cut to them like walking out of some room and Bart has all these markers in his hands he's like oh you get free markers when I get back to school I'm gonna go 16 chapel on, a, on those toilet stalls and Homer just opens the toilet door being like why wait and then a woman comes up to him and hands him his pay slip and Bart's like oh can I see it or can I see it he's like oh I'll do you one better 
He cuts him going to like a really dodgy money market downtown that has several stores, some names including Check Changers, the Czech Republic, and uh, the the usury suspects. And Homer goes in with his face up. He's like, "Can I get these in singles?" And it's the wise guy. He's like, uh, "Minus the eight point five percent check check uh, check cashing fee." He's like, "I didn't ask for your life story." And again, just makes absolutely so much sense that. Over gets a check, which is just an old-fashioned way of receiving payment, and then goes to a dodgy bank, yeah. and they obviously charge him way too much yeah. on the expense rate. It's just such a good detail. He goes back into the car uh, with, with, with all this cash and singles and puts on the air conditioning, so it starts blowing in the air, and Bart's just like laughing with joy, and Homer's like, ah, the laugh of respect. We then cut the, back home the next morning. Bart comes out in... Uh, Homer's shirt and tie, like that classic combo, and the black pants or the blue pants as well. Marge thinks it's picture day and grabs a pasta strainer and starts brushing Lisa's hair. She's like, "It's not picture day, and I'm not pasta." Uh, he says he wants to be a safety inspector like Homer when he's older, realizing he's a winner who's providing for the house, two cars, and three types of fries: <laughs> curly waffle and steak cut. That's a one thing they found really impressive for some reason. And uh, then Lisa calls him up being like, see the thing there is. And he's like, what? Oh, nothing. To add to comments you made in the past, Lisa being annoying. She's definitely annoying in this scene. <laughs> being like, ooh, I know something you don't. It's like, yeah. oh, shut up. <laughs> we encounter the kids in the yard. They're all playing pretend. And Milhouse is like, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm a spaceman. Martin's like, I'm a modern superhero. I can fly but I, I, I can't process my own trauma. And then Bart's like, I'm a nuclear safety guy. I get paid tons of money not to blow the town up. And we cut to Lisa on the swing being like, well, the thing about that is, he's like, what? Oh, nothing. Forget I said anything. <laughs> just the way she's like, yeah, it's so great into my ears. Yeah, just being like, mm, I'm so smart. <laughs> we didn't cut to Bart going into the plant. Uh, and he's like, Dad, I, I made a fake work ID and Larry just let me in. <laughs> Again, this great detail. It just makes too much sense that, of course, the security in the power plant is so bad that someone can get a fake ID and just break into such a precious area. Like, <laughs> you see, Homer's not here and he's like, Oh, where is he? And a classic funny guy. He's just asleep in the radiation suit in a radiation room, like on a coat hanger, just sound asleep. And a janitor comes in, introduces himself, saying that uh, Homer really has it made, but people just don't get jobs like his anymore. Two things before we continue the plot. Do you know who the voice of the janitor is? No. No, it's Hugh Jackman. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, brilliant casting. He voiced him well, and obviously what will go on to happen is he sings more so yeah. than he talks. So, yeah, perfect, perfect. Yeah, I thought he was great in the part. But also just to address what happens from here. So this whole episode is a commentary on like a thing that people have kind of poked fun at a lot recently is that the the life that they live in the simpsons is no longer realistic and it's true mm-hmm. in that like i remember a time where i had uncles and aunts that the aunt was the housewife and the uncle you know could have two or three kids and he's able to provide for that whole household just with his own wage all of those all of their wives have jobs now you know what i mean it's just not really a thing anymore that if you're a working class or even a middle class family that you can afford to own a house which is one wage you know you can't really be middle class and not both of you be working now yeah yeah exactly so the commentary people make is that like 
this is just isn't realistic in that like a man would not be able to provide for a household because they're meant to be working class like they'd be able to, to uh, provide for a household of three with two cars it's, you know it's a decent nice size house which with, with just one wage you know one working wage like marriage doesn't work so that's kind of the comment that they're making is that <clears throat> the life that they live in the Simpsons isn't it was realistic back in 89 it's not yeah. anymore that's kind of what they're poking fun at Bart's like oh, I don't know what you're talking about and he's like come with me to a magical place in the past America the 21st century and I will cover what they do from here but it is a musical so I will say that I'm not going to be able to do as much justice as it, as it would how, be how, for you to watch it how long can how much of it can you play and get away with oh I will play I well the way that it works is that you can play 30 second snippets totally free as long as they're not you know I can't okay. play two straight minutes. Oh, I will play segments of it, of course. Yeah. But um, I obviously can't play the whole thing. There's only so much shows I can do covering. I will cover it, but I will. I will say that you know, watch the episode. Obviously, you should do that anyway. But yeah, watch the episode. It's just it's a brilliantly well written song. It's a super long song. I mean, it's probably like ten minutes. Yeah. You thought we were gonna sing that? You're expecting way too much. <laughs> I don't think they expected that, especially not from you. But <laughs> it has an amazing pattern to it. It's clearly kind of like inspired by like a Lin Manuel Miranda kind of style. It's just a brilliant, brilliant song. Yeah. It's one of the best songs the show has done in yeah, years. I, I think it's it absolutely fantastic. Smart, well written, well written, great commentary, good gags throughout the song. Just, yeah, it's just done really well. But yeah, so going into it, um, yeah, he's like, "Come with me," and Bart's like, "Sure, but you better not start singing." And he says that after the war, like we're in the forties now. 1945, we won the war. Our boys came back to the factory floor. The good times rolled and smiles were on our faces. With plentiful jobs for folks of all ages. Even dumb slobs made excellent wages. The country was booming, though still pretty racist. We cut to Homer and it's like a, sh- a bad apartment and just like a vest and empty f- an empty fridge and we see that he's joined the middle class realizing that he needs to buy food and we cut to one of my favorite bits he's getting interviewed by burns and he's like well i'm not smart i'm not a go-getter my drinking problems aren't getting better what job could i possibly do nuclear safety inspector woohoo that was my favorite bit (laughs) really the way it tied into his catchphrase his catchphrase very well and just also just the detail of how he even got the job is quite clever and just like he just wanted to buy food it just makes so much sense to his character like i need to buy food i think a job okay (laughs) um he then starts, uh, like, Hugh Jackson's character, who was literally just called a janitor, explains that employment eventually went down due to rampant corporate greed, lowering the living standards of millions of American Americans. In other words, greedy rich men kicked our ass. Oh, sorry, it's not Hugh Jackman says it. It's actually financial expert Robert Reich who says this, and it's actually him voicing himself in a very weird cameo. He did a good job, though. Must be such a weird thing for him that he spent his whole life being a financial expert, not something that you would ever expect to be appearing on a comedy show yeah. and here he is singing a song in The Simpsons with Hugh Jackman <laughs> do you know what I mean no. <laughs> must be the coolest thing he's you ever done that. no of course not it sounds like personally for me a very boring job so what a cool thing for him to have gotten to have done then yeah back with Mop being like alright alright thanks for the history lesson Bart says that he wants to be just like Homer and then Lisa cuts in saying that she has something to teach him and Bart's like oh you've been trying to say something all week just spill it very cool rap from Yardley Smith, who I definitely think is one of the best singers of the voice actors in the show. She says she, she'll, that, that Bart will never have the life that their flabby dad has. And he's, she's like, what, what can he do that a robot can? We just cut to over eating an Oreo like, ooh, these Oreos look like nuclear plants. <laughs> he says he'll uh, 
he'll take his job when he dies at 44. Belisa says that job requires a PhD now and paying student loans will leave him in poverty. So he'll have no friends in a bar, no paying for a house and no no dinners made by his pregnant spouse and that he'll be pinching every cent. And again, that's another thing that adds to like Homer's like not being realistic is that he's able just to do one simple nine to five job and he can afford to go to the bar every night and, you know, has dinners made by the wife when he gets so and he, and he didn't go to college and has a great job. So he has no student loans to pay. It's like that is a thing that could have happened back in the 80s that you could just kind of stumble into a really good high paying job like that. But it's not the case anymore. You have to, like Lisa said, get a PhD. It's such a contradiction like that. In order to get the best jobs, you have to pay bigger student loans, which so you're just financially fucked, and you're also a, a doctor making good money, but you also have gigantic. It's actually so unfair yeah. when you talk about it. Like I mean, yeah. this episode is so bleak. They, they were pretty spot on. They're really. absolutely spot on. Very. Um, I was gonna say self-aware. Not, I mean self-aware in that they address like how Homer's life isn't realistic anymore, but also just very aware of like kind of what's going on in the in, in the economy and stuff like that nowadays. And then Lisa concludes her rap being like, these are facts, they're not controversial, we can't even afford what they sell in this commercial. And she like, you know, brings yeah. it down. It's clever, obviously it only works when it's on TV, of but it's, it's still yeah. funny. It's like, this is obviously the end of the first act, so... <laughs> Which is an interesting it's true. joke to try and make when you probably know that most people aren't watching this on TV now. It's a very good point, I mean, there's no way, like The Simpsons is definitely watched more on Disney Plus now than anything yeah. else. But to be fair, when the episode first airs, it is set on Fox's Fox's network TV. It, obviously, you know, it takes months before it goes to Disney+. Plus. Yeah, it's, it's still a fun gag. I, I, I enjoyed it. But we didn't cut back and Bart's being like, so you're saying... To, talking to the janitor now, he's like, so you're saying I'll have a tough time finding a job like my dad's? And he's like, no, I'm saying you'll never have a job like your dad and you'll have a tough time finding something significantly worse. <laughs> like I said, it's just so bleak. He says he thinks he'll be fine, that he'll buy... This rap from Barry's well was fantastic. Because there's a lot of new ways a guy can make a dollar. I'll ride the money train, make it rain, holla! I'll buy and sell Bitcoin, build a new app, do pranks on YouTube. I'm great at that crap. Film TikTok tricks on my sick motorbike. Your chances are slim. Go to hell, Ronald Wright. Those aren't careers, they're a million to one. You ain't that lucky and you ain't smart, son. Who gives a damn? I'll find my new jam as an influencer on Instagram. If all else fails, I got backup plans. I can shake my hands on OnlyFans. And Mo cuts in explaining that the reason... No one fights for better rights is that greedy politicians create bad laws that favor the rich, like like their Santa Claus. And Lisa explains that propaganda news sites like Fox, Fox News uh, whack our system out of order. And then Agnes Skinner comes in being like, cross-dressing drug fiends are crossing our border. You know, it's a commentary on what news propaganda sites like Fox News feeds brains of, like, you know, mainly Republicans, but other people as well, um, into believing which would make them not care and try to put better rights on the things that require more immediate attention like trying to make better living wages for you know the working class and stuff like that it's a great commentary i also just love the middle finger that they put to you know their own their own company that owns them like yeah. <laughs> i absolutely love it i mean it's something they've always done but uh, this was a particular one that was just like properly is going at them like which i love because they're like you know they're 33 seasons in they're never going to get cancelled. Like, they know they can do this and yeah. they're not going to get in any trouble for it. Like, you know, I, I love how they can still kind of be an underdog, an underdog in that way this, this far in, like, 
And the, the elders cut in saying that we vote for gun nuts and climate change deniers because they promise something they know isn't really there and that they're easy to scare, basically, which he great comedy on, on most presidents, mainly the Republican ones, of course, Trump being a solid example, like, you know, said for his entire campaign that he was going to build a wall. He was in office for four years uh no wall ever came up <laughs> you know because it was literally impossible like makes no hypothetical sense and the, the janitor starts saying that you know republicans convinced us that things were great when gas was cheap and men were white and carol cuts in again and says still pretty racist and so we always look back instead of looking ahead and i'm not gonna get too political that is like something that i definitely agree with what's flawed with Republicans, but also like conservative people in 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 the UK and Ireland, is that their whole kind of worldview is that the world used to be great. We need to go back to the way things used to be. And it's like, firstly, it's not true. But secondly, it's like we're, we, it's not realistic to think that we can ever go back to the way things used yeah. to be. We have to look ahead and try to find new exactly. ways to make things better. You know what I mean? And it is such a problem. I think. I think like our parent generation has is like oh things used to be so great when I was a kid and maybe that maybe we'll think that when we're in our forties and fifties yeah. as well but oh you know things used to be great when I was a kid things were so si simple back then but back then you probably didn't think things were simple you know what I mean you're just you're just looking back at the past like it's a it's a yeah. it's a prime example of uh, the grass is always greener on the other side you know what I mean I, I remember having this this I think I can't stand talking to older people that refused I've to, given up man like, <laughs> I understand why you'd think oh yeah back in the day it was better blah, blah, blah. yeah but everyone's always gonna say that always always and always I, their parents are saying that you know their grandparents I had infuriating conversation with um, this older guy mm. um, and who I, I didn't even know it was someone at work oh Jesus, as uh, a customer yeah okay and uh, he was he overheard me talking about music and yeah I mean, I don't know the people of the podcast know, but I like music a lot, and I listen to. We're talking a bit about it, yeah. You're I, I, big try and, music I try and open myself up to all genres of music, totally, and all eras. Yeah. So I feel like I'm like qualified to talk about music. Yeah. And I remember he was talking about like the fucking Bee Gees or something, right? Which, <laughs> yeah, you know, as yeah, vanilla as you can it's get. Good fun. I like them, but yeah, they're not like musical geniuses. Mainstream, like and yeah, pop music. And I remember I was saying, oh, like, my favourite era of music is the 90s. Mm. Bear in mind, I wasn't even alive for the 90s. I was alive for one year. The 90s, yeah, of course. So that's not me having a bias towards a certain era. That's literally... It, you probably era. got into 90s music in the, in the 2010s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was saying, I like the 90s because it had great alternative rock. Mm. And it had, it was the golden era of hip-hop. Yeah. And he just was like, scoffed. It was like, hip-hop, God. <laughs> I believe I like, it. How old was this guy? Oh, he 60s, known 70s? Better, like 50s. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 totally. But, I mean, I'm not defending him, but he does sound like a dick. But, like, the 90s does get a really bad rep. It's like, because when you, a lot of people, when they hear the 90s, they think of, like, I don't know, MC Hammer, Spice Girls, Girls Aloud, because there were, like, they were blowing up then as well, like, these boy bands and, like, these really kind of mm. musicians who were definitely had ghostwriters and. The managers were creating the music more so than the musician was. I do know that a lot of that happened in the 90s, but there was also some amazing music created also. Like you said, like that was when Tupac blew up and yeah. Biggie Smalls, I believe. But I, I think that era as well, like, I think there weren't... So there were so many genres yeah. that 
NWA people, as well. People mastered, so like I think it was like a fusion of genres. Yeah, we were seeing music that was like not just one genre. Yeah, that's a good point actually. Yeah, there weren't really many new music genres created in the nineties. No, there was. It was kind of like at the decade where all these. <sighs> music genres that already existed a lot of yeah. them maybe started kind of forming in the 80s that people started kind of like you know doubling down on them and, and thus making it better like you said it's, it's when hip-hop became mainstream like yeah you know? and I, I think it's the golden era of it as well where yeah. it was still a, a celebrated genre that wasn't so money orientated no no and Oh, the alternative rock back then, like you had obviously like the grunge coming in. Yeah, yeah of course, yeah, yeah. Everything like it, and then you had like I think that was going in a new direction as well, and I just think that's my favorite era of music. And yeah, it's like interesting. It just scoffs because it's like something he doesn't like. Yeah, like, I don't really like the Bee Gees, but I'm not fucking sitting there saying. Like, uh, yeah, exactly. Well, that's that's why I can't stand more than anything else. Anything else. Like you're entitled to your opinion, but you just can't stand people who attack other people's <coughs> opinions it's like you didn't have the same life experiences i did you you haven't lived in my world you know what i mean so it's like you're not entitled to fucking scoff at me for liking something you don't personally like when i've also consumed and invested time into this way more than you have so my opinion is way more informed than yours you yeah, know what i mean yeah, like, like people are allowed to say they don't like later season the simpsons but when i say i like them my opinion is way more informed. I've actually watched them all. Yeah. You know what I mean? See, I brought it back in The Simpsons. That's A1 podcasting right there. <laughs> but yeah, continuing. We're worried. You know, so yeah, Bart lashes out then at Hugh Jackman's character, saying that he, you know, he, he gets that he should abandon hope, but is there anything that he can do about it? And they're in the treehouse now. That's an important detail. Obviously, this, this, is, this is a big musical number. It jumps around locations a lot, and like the locations kind of don't matter as much as they would in a regular story. But it's important now that they are in the treehouse. They're sitting on top of the treehouse, and the janitor says, why don't you just burn it? And Bart's like, burn what? It's like, I don't know. All I know is what the janitor knows. <laughs> One of my favorite lines of the episode. And Bart's like, hmm, I do like burning things. This, this tie looks pretty flammable. Takes off the tie and throws it into a barbecue. And lights it on fire and it just turns to a blaze and starts lighting the treehouse on fire and the janitor's like well i meant the system it was a metaphor and barry's like i never learned what that word means our, our education system is also terrible and uh it, his shirt and his pants light on fire as well he's just left in his in his underpants as, as the place all turns ablaze Firemen come in and rescue him and uh, to take him away. And Bart asks one of the firemen what his wage is like. And he's like, oh, it's pretty decent. We have great health care and a good retirement scheme since the planet is on fire, even the ocean. And that means that firemen are always needed. And, um, and Homer's like, Bart, you should hold me in a high regard. And he's like, eat my shorts, you tub of lard. <laughs> and... Um, the firemen like you know save the treehouse and uh fix fix up the back garden and uh they say that they save lives and look badass and the women come in and say and we whistle as they pass and and announce themselves as the last man standing in the middle class kind of at the end of the episode we get the final little scene then of i love this bit of marriage and homer sweeping the back garden yeah <laughs> and uh 
Marge is like, what the... Or Homer's like, what the hell, the hell was that? And Marge's like, from what I gather, the singing janitor took part in a magical journey through America's post-war economy. <laughs> I just love her spelling out how absolutely bizarre this episode was. And Homer's like, also, Lisa was a rapper. <laughs> and Marge is like, I'm a little concerned the bat set his treehouse on fire. And Homer's like, it does seem like an escalation. <laughs> And Marge goes, maybe we could use this uh, opportunity to upgrade the back garden. The back, the back garden. And Homer's like, yeah, we could build a gazebo. <laughs> Which is again, just like a commentary that he just has like an endless amount of disposable income. He <laughs> can just build a gazebo, no problem. And Marge's like, oh, that'd be nice. And then Lisa comes out and is like, I just read through our homeowner's policy. We're not covered for musical numbers. Oh! Thus concludes the episode and the 30. Third season. Yeah. Yeah, we did it. I took a weird <laughs> the weird pause there. Yeah, woo! Look at us. Insert round of applause here. <laughs> woo! Standing ovation, please. That round of applause you just heard was actually uh, recorded in one of my fandom shows. Anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess you can get into your feelings first. Yeah, um, so I enjoyed the episode. Yeah, that was um, nice. Not I, in a bad way. The, 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 I like that the music number was like not a one minute of the episode. Yeah. It was... It was 50% of the episode. Yeah, basically the yeah. whole episode. But I totally. think they carried it to a really nice end and it mm. made sense because it's the last episode. It's like yeah. a big musical ending. Quite with a bang, totally. Um, and yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was funny. Um, yeah, very funny. I, it's such a great um a great Banter. description. Just it was funny. <laughs> um, yeah. Mark Caramel here. I, like. I, I just I really liked the the story of this episode. It felt um well paced like totally it, 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 I could relax I relaxed when I was watching this yeah so, yeah I feel you um, Bart had a great role in this episode I feel yeah like, for which sure I hadn't, we hadn't really seen for a while not a whole lot yeah um, the arc he went through yeah especially cool. this season it's, this was like a, a Bart episode which is cool it's one mm. for the kids one mm. for the boys <laughs> for sure um, and then not much from Lisa no, um, which, we had loads of Lisa this season. Don't get me so wrong; I, I feel like people are going to think I hate Lisa. Just she's just annoying me at the moment, yeah. so I'm kind of glad. I feel you. Lisa's my second favorite character, but like, really, I, yeah. But I do think she can be. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe I've noticed more so this season than other seasons. When she's not an important role in the episode, when she just has like a little bit, she can be a little irritating. But it's her episode; she's great. Like she's great in like you know the sound of bleeding gums and girls just trying to have fun and stuff. Like she's yeah. great when she's the lead, but sometimes when she's you know, like, kind of there as conflict. Like, in this episode, she's conflict for Barrett. She can be kind of annoying, you know? Yeah, I, like I definitely that, feel that I way. Like that Marge is sort of, like, definitely getting more, like, fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We got a lot of, like, good marriage in recent seasons. Definitely this season, her like, kind of being more whimsical. Like, Marge ever get so drunk and not be able to go to church? Yeah, I love seeing Which that. Cool. Absolutely. Um, for me, this is definitely definitely one of my favorites of the season oh it's wow like, it probably isn't going to be my favorite in your top three top five. Oh well okay um nice. i really, really didn't expect that at all and i would Sweet. just give it a 7.5 yeah i would yeah. too that's exactly my rating as well yeah i also really liked it before i get into what i written i will just say like when you're comparing musical episodes like this season i mean what an amazing 
immense improvement from <laughs> I know, the, the start of the backstage. The first episode and the last. I know, yeah. They, they started the season out of the musical and ended on the musical. And uh, I, I mean, obviously you agree in terms of quality, they couldn't be more different. It's weird because Saturday backstage has more songs, but none of them are as long or as well written as the one song in this episode. Because yeah. this song has layers to it and it basically has different parts of it as well. Because you have like the janitor's... The and first there's, bit. There's breaks. There's breaks yeah. and you have Lisa's rap and you have Bart's little bit and the, 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 the big treehouse fire at the end. But it's all basically one number. Where it's back stage you have like a bunch of different songs but they're all just really poorly written. They don't have any substance to them. Whereas these had so much substance to them. They were funny while also making a really good commentary. You know, it really did. Like, like I said, I had a Lin-Manuel Miranda vibe but like the patter was just fantastic. It just kind of kept, kept, it kept you listening. It was catchy. You know, like I thought some songs in Saturday Night Stage had good melody to them, but like, I wouldn't be going on my way to listen to them again. But I would like, I would get songs in this episode off my head after listening to it and just look up like bits of it on YouTube. Like it's yeah. actually just genuinely really catchy. And at least we're not forcing Marge to sing anymore. Yeah, <laughs> let's take a break from that for sure. No offense, Julie Cameron, you're a very talented woman, but, but you're getting your, old your and uh, voice it needs a break. Yeah, it's totally. I will say because obviously it's gonna be a thing eventually that like the voice actors gonna get older and they'll. If they do want to keep the show going, they have to be replaced. Melissa Villa Senor, a brilliant Mexican comedian who was a cast member on Saturday Night Live. There's a sketch once where she played Marge Simpson. She's an amazing impressionist anyway. But her impression of Marge was brilliant. Like, it was perfect. Mm. Like, you know, when you hear Marge impressions a lot, they're just like, like, too nasally. Too like, like, her impression was perfect. It was like, if they ever want to get a replacement, she is, she has shown I... that she can do the, the, the voice flawlessly and can sing very, very well. Yeah, I follow someone on TikTok who's quite young. I can't remember their name, but mm. she does um, a great uh, Marge Simpson impression. Oh, well. nice, cool. Just want to consider. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm putting out candidates right now for you. I mean, the oldest member of the cast is Harry Shear, who is like I think seventy seven, seventy eight. Who I mean is like one of the most important voice actors, like Mr. Burns, Ned Flanders, Lovejoy, Otto. I feel like maybe the Crystal show Skinner. ends with that. If he passes away, I mean, oh, I know why I'm touching wood. He's going to pass away eventually, but let's hope he lives. Lives long and prospers. But... your wood. <laughs> but the point I was going to make is that uh, this guy Brock Baker, brilliant impressionist on YouTube, who I really don't think he's gotten his dues yet. He can do so many amazing voices. I don't think he's gotten like a major gig yet outside of like you know, doing very well on YouTube. Yeah. But he did a video before where he just did all of Harry Shear's voices and like he couldn't do one poorly. He did them all oh. spectacularly. Clearly, Harry Shear's voice voices are in his range. Like so it's like he's someone to consider as well for Maybe sure. Maybe the Simpsons goes on for that long that. That is the the option. It's a thing that can happen in animation, you know. It's why animated series are able to go on for a really long time, whereas live action series can't. And that you can get really good voice actors to replace these characters. And sometimes you actually, when they're so good, you wouldn't notice. Like, would you notice that the woman voicing Martin right now is not the same person in the early seasons? Flawless, flawless. Like, used to be Rusty Taylor, amazing voice actress. He passed away. I think it was like towards the beginning of the 33rd season a lady called Grey Griffin took over and I didn't find out for years that this happened I didn't even know she had died now when I found out I can definitely hear a little difference but it's still a really really good voice you know and that's when you think about it when you just watch it I didn't know that exactly yeah no of course of course not and she's gotten to do a bit more as as Martin and Mercy Taylor ever ever has when you think of Boys in the Highland probably the biggest Martin episode there is he had so much to do in that episode and Grey Griffin does a solid job but yeah, I don't know how we got to that tangent. <laughs> Going back to my opinion of the episode. So here's what I wrote down. Yeah, I also gave it a 7.5. I said, 
I like them addressing the long-going criticism that the family's living situation is no longer realistic in today's world. It was creative, and the music was great. I thought Hugh Jackman was also clearly having time of his life in this part. I will say it does not add much to the debate, really stating an opinion 99% of the people would already have, but I enjoy his middle finger attitude to the upper class, and the Fox News jab in the middle was also particularly (laughs) made me smile. I said it's not an episode I'd be clamoring to see again, particularly as it's quite bleak. Like it, it, it does not uh, provide you with that usual joy you want to true, feel watching true. a Simpsons episode. But I thought it was very good fun while it lasted, and a solid conclusion to the thirty-third season. It truly went that with a bang. Like having the treehouse fire again, it was like a really yeah. interesting, cool, visual way to end the season. You know, yeah, Simpsons Five. I really, really liked it. Yeah, cool. Unless you have anything more to add, I'd like to move on to the news. Let's move on. Pre-recorded from London City, it's a very bad impression of Kent Brockman letting you know it's time for Simpsons News. Yeah, literally only one piece of news this week. Uh, an upcoming episode entitled My Life as a Vlog. We'll see the Simpsons blow up as a family blog channel on YouTube. The story will be told as if you're someone watching YouTube, skipping through content. This sounds interesting, the style of doing that, like, yeah. you're actually on YouTube, is like trying to find out about this family. You know, it sounds like a good way to do it. I look forward to seeing how they do it. But they should make that, I mean, they won't now. Yeah. But they should make that... Um simpsons vlog thing like interactive i imagine Do you imagine it's that like, there's so a cool. whole youtube channel that would be a cool thing to do vlogs, but some of it's actually really boring because it's like so long oh my god that would be a cool yeah. thing to do yeah like let's, it just has like, like, like an exclusive like one-stop thing it's like here's an episode but you can't watch it in the usual format you have to watch it on youtube maybe on disney plus yeah. it's probably more realistic is what they do but it, it, yeah, you watch it like you're watching a series of different YouTube videos. That'd be so funny. If they're like 10 and they're all like maybe 10 minutes long, that'd be so cool. But yeah, so it's classic. I'm at the bat. Yes. And I chose this episode because um, it's one I've seen a few times. I love it. Um, and it's a very popular one. Oh, yeah. Rightfully um, so. And I wanted to start the new year with like. You know, a real a classic. Real classic. Yeah. Now I know it's, I've said before, and I, and I stand by that. I don't think we should use the term classic too literally. We should be able to review any episode we want. But I will say, if we're going to be literal about the word classic, this is a classic. Yeah. yeah. And believe it or not, I'm not as keen on this. Oh really? As you probably think. I absolutely. I, I, love I still it. think it's great. Yeah. But I don't hold it in high regard. I like feel that episodes. Um. It's definitely one, I mean, it does appear on, like, you know, best episodes of the show list and stuff like that, yeah. but it's definitely one that would divide, divide people a bit more in that it's so, it's gag-heavy, it's a super, super funny episode, but there is zero heart in this episode, it is just pure yeah. gags. So and, and, and this is one of those where it's, like, definitely of its time. Yeah, I don't know these, feel these that baseball watching. players, yeah, but it doesn't a, bother me. A bunch of old pa- baseball players that I didn't know, but... It doesn't bother me. Fine, they're yeah. all very good in the episode. Yeah, you know. I'm sure they're very accurately stereotyped. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Um, and Mr. Burns uses the N word. I know he doesn't well, not, say not the, the N I. The N I yeah. word, the N E. That's true. That that only caught my attention this time. Yeah, he, he did N E G or O. Yeah. Yeah. Surprised. I watched it on Disney Plus, and they didn't censor that. No, to be fair, they've been good for not censoring yeah. things. I just like jabs me at Disney in Family Guy and the Simpsons that they kept in the streaming channel, which I. 
admired him for because I would have expected him to do that. So I, I appreciate they, they kept it up, but just as it is. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, definitely. That I mean, that that little bit for sure is of its time. It's a great episode. Mister Burns oh, yeah. is so uh, evil in this episode. <laughs> it's like it's one of them where he's actually not um, that funny. He's he's actually more like pure evil. Just, yeah, yeah, um, genuinely just a bad guy. <laughs> I love the bit where it's like you know. Spinners, would, would, would it be bad if I um, if I invested in you know he he makes like a million dollar bet with your rival uh, softball team yeah. and, and th- that who, who will win like the, the big finals is like you know is it evil if I if, if, if I spend money in order to receive that million dollars it's like it, it would be sir like, well, let me rephrase it would be evil if I did it he's like oh, not at all sir who, who do you want killed like, no 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 <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah just genuinely evil I mean the one that I always think when I hear when I think of over at the bat is one of my favorite gags is just to be like, Matt and Lee, I told you to shave those sideburns. Yeah, like three different times. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. The guy, the guy has a mullet, so he literally has hair everywhere apart from where sideburns would yeah. be. And he's like, I don't have sideburns. Every single time he's like, Matt and Lee, I told you to shave those sideburns. At the very end, they're like losing all of the amazing baseball players. And they're just back to like a regular basic team of like Homer, Lenny and Carol. But he's still there and he's like shaved out. The size of his head, so that he definitely does not have sideburns. And again, magically, you're out. Go home. <laughs> I told you to get rid of those sideburns. Oh, I think it's so, so funny. So harsh. Yeah. So, so mean. <laughs> Which is great. So much fun bits in this episode. The the stare. I mean, if if you need any, I'm sure everyone has seen it. If you yeah. need any context, is that there's a softball team they're playing as a rival nuclear power plant, but Mr. Brisbane's a million dollar bet, so he he. Gets major baseball players. He pays them all fifty grand just for the game. Just for the game, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember he he asked the first one he asked. He's like signing autographs, and so, oh yeah, and uh, Smithers says it's going to be fifty grand, mm. and he's like, just for the game. I mean, <laughs> that's a pay cut, but I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. Sounds fun. <laughs> and there's the other guy who was like talking about. I can't remember their names because it, it means nothing to me. But you'll know what I'm talking about if you're a Simpsons fan. Guy who, oh, like American baseball is so complicated. There's so much pressure. I, I love like it's a simple job, yeah. like you know, nuclear power plants. Just a blue collar, <laughs> blue collar job. Yeah. Then we got to him at the power plant with Carol. He's like wheeling a wheelbarrow of radiation, and he spills it. And he's like, oh god, what do I do? And Carol's like, oh, it's fine, it's no problem. Like, oh, this place is the best. <laughs> You're so happy, and he ends up getting radiation poisoning. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, the the, the highlight of the episode, the funniest thing, is when like you know. He has an amazing team. Homer's been caught. He's actually heartbroken. He has this baseball he's made for himself. He thinks it's going to give him 3,000 home runs in the season. <laughs> um, but they have all these amazing baseball players, so he gets caught. But every a, a tragic thing happens to every single one of them, basically. I won't be able to cover all of them. Like Some of the funniest ones is like, one guy sees a house fire. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'll save your baby. Saves the baby. He's like, oh, my cat. I'll save your cat. He's like, oh, my antique furniture. I'll save your antique furniture. Just, just spending a whole evening there just getting stuff from this fire. <laughs> and there's that guy, Steve Sags, who um, he gets rolled, taken in by the police. And he's like, where are you from, buddy? He's like, New York. Like, oh, I heard a guy got killed in New York once. and never found out who. I, I don't suppose you know anything about that, would you, sexy boy? <laughs> this is like Lou and Eddie just being like really out of character, like corrupt cops. <laughs> and he's like, well, there's been dozens of unsolved murders in New York City. And he's like, you just don't know where to keep your mouth shut, do you, sexy boy? <laughs> and they put him behind bars and Wiggum is like, well, looks like we found out 
who is who's the culprit for all the unsolved crimes in this area. It's like, don't I even get to speak to my lawyer? It's like, you watch too many movies, don't you, sexy boy? Just keep them up behind bars. Although technically, can, canonically speaking, it's in this universe. When you see this guy again, maybe he's just locked behind bars for yeah, doing absolutely nothing other than... They could bring him back. Yeah, <laughs> seasons later, Lou and Eddie just did not like him. <laughs> I love it. Um, so, so for, much for me, 8. 8.5. 8.5? 8. 8. 5, 5, yeah. I'd give it a 9.5. I wouldn't put it like one of the best episodes ever, like a lot of people would. But I would, I'd say it's in my top... 100 yeah which doesn't sound like a compliment but for the simpsons that's good yeah, <laughs> you know a lot. yeah yeah i do love homer the bear it's so funny like i said it's like there's absolutely no there's a little bit with like homer finally getting his big moment at the end and stuff is sweet but there's very very little heart there's no family dynamic i mean the stars of the episode are the baseball players yeah of course. thank god they all had comedic delivery comedic timing because mm-hmm. if one of them was a really really shit actor it would it would have like yeah. thrown the whole episode off you know they're all really funny I mean again I call this episode a classic like how classic it is it's literally in the baseball hall of fame in Washington this episode you know yeah. everything else there is like actual baseball stuff baseball players stuff like that this episode is in, the, That's crazy. Is in that hall of fame yeah this is how famous it is fun fact as well when they wrote this episode originally they did table read for it and apparently the entire voice actor that voice acting cast did not like it at all I thought it was going to absolutely bomb I think a big part of that was that all their characters didn't have a lot to do with the episode, and it. But the the writers really liked it, and so they just pushed getting it made and it got made, and the being one of the show's yeah. um most popular episodes. So it just goes to show, like I find it very inspiring. It's like if you really believe in an idea, just push for it. You know, it like other people on the staff were just in such doubt of the episode, but the writers really believed in this, and they were correct. You know, so glad that they did push for it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a wonderful, super fun episode. Anyhow, moving on to the final impression. So yeah, like I said, personally, getting sick of this segment, running out of characters. So I, like I said in the last podcast a couple of weeks ago, I'm retiring it. So here is the final impression. And I decided to start, I decided to finish how we started. So I'm going to do Homer. Oh, yeah <laughs> so it's going to be four quotes and one of them is not homer let's see can you get the final impression and if you do let me be nice if you do i'm going to give you one point for the quiz immediately oh, thank you wouldn't that be cool yeah <laughs> so four quotes to alcohol the cause of and solution to all of life's problems number two a gun is not a weapon it's a tool like a hammer a screwdriver or an alligator number three I'm learning that life is one is one crushing defeat after another until you just wish Flanders was dead. And number four, I have an idea so smart that my head would explode if I ever began to know what I was talking about. You do number one and two again. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. And a gun is not a weapon, it's a tool, like a hammer, a screwdriver, or an alligator. Number one. Number one. Imposter. That... <laughs> that is one of the most iconic Homer quotes. <laughs> so no, it is certainly not to alcohol the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Yeah, but it's like s- someone else could have said that. 
No, it was definitely Homer in the I season even eight. Even Mo could have said that. In the season eight classic, Homer versus the Eight Commandment when they make alcohol oh, yeah. illegal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fantastic one. No, it is certainly not that. And all the Simpsons fans will be very disappointed you for even guessing that. <laughs> it was the last one. I have no idea. I have an idea so smacked in my head will explode if I even began to know what I was talking about. Who was that? Peter Griffin. <laughs> there you go. I mean, you could take a lot of Peter lines and Homer could say them. Yeah. That, that was my intention. <laughs> But yeah, there you go. Final impression. The cash out and solution to all of our problems. <laughs> but yeah, there you go. Goodbye, impression segment. Yeah, see you. I, I'm not going to tell you guys what the new segment is yet. I'm going to surprise you, but I have decided what it's going to be. Be surprised so, to me as well. Say, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Stay tuned for next week. So yeah, concluding it as always. No, we're not concluding it, but <laughs> wrapping it up with the Quibia. So yeah, we have two impressions, sorry, two impressions, two trivias and uh, and ten questions. So number one, the episode was inspired, this episode, uh, Poor House Rock Like, was inspired by an article released by The Atlantic, written by David Ricecamp, entitled The Life of the Simpsons is No Longer Attainable. Yeah, basically someone wrote a really big comprehensive article about how that could never happen anymore and caught the attention of many people who realised, oh yeah, that's so true, that's so unrealistic and... That's what this episode is a response to. I, I love that. And then the second piece of trivia was what I mentioned already about Spiker Monster. Like I said, amazing artists. Love avant-garde Simpsons fans. Give them a follow. Jump into the quiz. All right. As always. Here we go. Yeah. As always, 10 questions and the score to beat is still 6 out of 10. So, <laughs> I did something a little different. Since it's the conclusion of season 33... All these questions are about season thirty-three. Okay. So it's right. yeah. So it's no repeat questions. Let's see how this goes. Number one, name one movie that was parodied in this season's Treehouse of Horror. But there weren't. There was. There was there... two. Am I allowed to come back to it? It's kind of messy, but okay, we'll come back. <laughs> Number two, who it never happened before? Number two, who got engaged this season? Mo wasn't this season. Is it Mo? Yeah, it was Mo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'll give you that, even though you kind of didn't answer, but I'll give yeah. it to you anyway. Number three, name this season's two-parter. Um, the... I'd find this one. Uh, yeah. Vlogger. No, um... Oh. That should have been cool. That's, that's pretty um, funny. I would like I that. I can't remember. <laughs> that's good, though. A serious Landers. Did I get a point for that? No. I mean, it was very creative, but it's not the right answer. Number four. Who became Maggie's Godfire this season? The mob guy. Uh, Fat Tony. Yes. Number five. Who voiced Orion Hughes? Who voiced who? Orion Hughes, the guy who had the, the Supreme brand. He was a parody of Jaden um, Smith. It wasn't Jaden Smith. Certainly not. Um, <laughs> it also had also voices dad in the episode, Darius Hughes. Hughes. Should I know? Yeah, um, I mean, we definitely talked about the episode. And it's um, someone that you're definitely familiar with. Are they an actor in real life? They've acted, but they're known more for something else. I mean, you don't know it. <laughs> LeBron James. <laughs> the Weeknd. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Number six. What's the name of Cleus's wife? Um, hey, you've asked this before. Yeah, uh, we can do some repeats. She had her own episode this season. It felt relevant. Um, Rachel. Pretty wit liar. Rachel. What a, what, what a great hillbilly name. <laughs> um, <laughs> Rochelle. 
No, you're thinking of the teacher. Uh, no, it's Brandine. Brandine. Yeah. Seven. What was the name of the episode that featured the show's first deaf actor? I mean, this is one of my favorite episodes, but I can't remember the, <laughs> no. the name of it. It was kind of to do with being deaf, sort of. To do with noises. No. no. The sound of bleeding gums. Oh, yeah. Number eight. Who voiced Spart's new teacher, uh, Rachel Payton? I can't remember her name. I'm sorry. Carrie Washington. Yeah. <laughs> Number nine. I mean, this segment is going away soon. <laughs> Number nine. What's the name of Chalmers' daughter? No. <laughs> Shauna. Shauna. Number ten. Who voiced the janitor of this episode? Uh, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Nice. <laughs> See, that was... I let you off with that one. So number going back number one. You said we want to get back to it. So yeah. Number one. What was the name of one of the movies that was parodied in this season's Trials of Horror? I mean, it probably won't help you because you don't seem to remember. But no. your favorite segment was really a parody of a movie. Yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, I can't think what movie it would be. <laughs> it was a really obvious parody. Like it was. It wasn't. What the hell. It wasn't like subtle. Like you knew what it was a parody of. It's weird that I did at the time. <laughs> I don't know. You just can't remember it. No. 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 So there was two, uh, Parasite. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, The Ring. I remember your favourite yeah. one was the Parasite one, yeah. My favourite, well, does it count as a segment? Was the the one that's animated differently? Oh, you're right. I forgot about that one. The yeah. short segment. That's what yeah. I was thinking in my head. Where there was like a guy doing the impression of Vincent Price narrating over it yeah. was like Bart, he was killing people it was, like, it was like the 12 days of Halloween so the yeah. 12 days of Christmas that was a great segment yeah a very weird trust of horror in general but that segment was really good but yeah I mean you didn't, you didn't do too badly like you've done a lot worse Um, like 4 out of 10 okay that was alright yeah yeah I mean it is what it is I mean they were all new questions as well in your defense I didn't do my usual thing of like Repeating questions, trying to make you remember them. Yeah, these are all new. <laughs> but yeah, I forgot to mention that. I was going to mention it earlier. I just totally forgot. Uh, I have also decided I want to get rid of I've told Sebastian in real life already. I want this segment gone as well. So, so we're doing two new segments or one? Yeah, so I think, because this wasn't really a proper finale one, we'll go, we'll, I'll do the finale of the quiz next week. So we're not retiring two okay. segments in one podcast. One more week quiz. So yeah, I'll do something interesting for that. I don't know what it's going to be yet. We'll see. We'll try to do something fun for the final quiz. But then I want to get rid of that segment. I don't know what that could be. If you have any ideas, as in you, Sebastian, but me, I mean, if someone listening has an idea, throw it at us as well. Um, by all means, let me know. But yeah, concluding with the recommendation of the week. You start. Uh, yeah, so I uh, just have one this week because <laughs> since I last did this podcast, all I've been watching is Christmas content. And I love Christmas movies and stuff like that. But firstly, we're to recommend in January. And secondly, it's like, a lot of Christmas stuff is signs of Christmas time, but you couldn't call them like amazing movies and stuff. But one new thing I got into that's really good um, is a podcast. It's called Beautiful Stories from Anonymous People. Great podcast. It's this comedian I love called Chris Gethard who does it. But it's not really a comedy podcast. It's funny sometimes, but the basic concept is every episode he puts out a phone number on Twitter and gets an anonymous phone call from someone he's never met in his life and they... They remain anonymous. They don't. They can talk about anything other than their name or where they're from to keep themselves anonymous. But they have an hour, and basically they're allowed to hang up whenever they want to. But Chris Gethard has to stay on the phone with them for an hour, no matter how deep or how weird or crazy the conversation gets. 
really cool podcast highly recommend i listen to probably like maybe like 10 at this point and like there's some episodes that are really funny there's some that go into really dark like crazy areas there's one episode about this girl who's just really really like obsessed and like in fear of our own mortality and it's just a whole hour talking about death and how frightening the concept is so it goes into so many different areas it's it's just a really wonderful podcast it's just like it feels like a celebration of humanity and how different and individual every person can be and it's just been a really nice very different podcast to listen to like it is not there is no podcast like it you know what i mean and yeah i've really really been enjoying it yeah, so, so, sounds great yeah it's my recommendation beautiful <coughs> stories from anonymous people great and you can listen to it on any any platform any audio platform um, i'm gonna go for uh avatar 2 okay and it, I'm not recommending it because it's a good film. And everyone's or, seen it, so. You know. <laughs> well, I think some people won't watch it. There are some people that haven't seen it, of course. Because of the first one. And I, I, I don't think James Cameron needs... And, and I couldn't be bothered. Push, yeah. You know, I like, certainly wasn't bothered. I really couldn't be bothered, but I yeah. did. I'd recommend watching it, but watch it on the biggest screen you can. Oh, absolutely. And watch it in 3D. My dad was like, I'll wait for to get Disney Plus and I was like, fuck that noise. No, it don't. is a cinematic experience. Yeah, yeah. And it it, is, it's going to be worse on TV. It's the it definition of a, of a cinematic experience. It's something you yeah. have to watch in the cinema. 100%. Um, it's going to pale in comparison on TV. It just will. There's not much I need to tell you about Avatar uh, yeah, that you won't already know but mm. if you do what, if you feel like you still don't want to watch it, mm-hmm. it is beautiful. It is a beautiful, beautiful film and there's issues i had with the frame rate and it's it's always changing and stuff which is a bit annoying um really i didn't really yeah you that. know like um it's it's the frame rate was so high it's yeah. like you're watching like a video game cutscene, and then sometimes it would be really low yeah i get you i will say it looks way more like a video game cutscene when you see it in 2d oh okay yeah like a, a really the way they move is very video game like for sure but continue. the underwater stuff was my favorite bits of I mean, the film. It was beautiful, gorgeous. It was. It's worth seeing purely just for how good it looks, mm. which is probably the only reason I'm recommending it. Yeah, um, it is the way yeah. of water, like. Yeah, <laughs> it truly is. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I definitely didn't love Avatar as much as you, but I will say, like, it probably is the most gorgeous movie I've ever seen. Like, it is yeah, visually absolutely spectacular. I mean, you can tell that James Cameron put every little bit of detail that he could into every single frame like yeah. he didn't take any shortcut you know what i mean no. i mean it took him 13 years to make it but every single scene you can tell there was no like he added as much depth and as much nuance and effects and everything as he could to the effects yeah. if he'd done up the story could have been a spectacular movie <laughs> to, but... the, to the point where like they almost looked lifelike absolutely you know, like you could believe insane. that the that the water and what you call them, that the Navi are real, like, absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I you definitely liked it a lot more than me. I, did, I, I, I thought it was a visually stunning movie, but I, I'm personally interested in films that have yeah. a story to tell that I'm invested in, characters who I root yeah. for. And and you know I am yeah. as well. I know I am, of course. Just, it's one of them. It was, it's, maybe it's a bit of a guilty pleasure. Yeah, I, it's fine, I enjoyed yeah. There's absolutely to, nothing wrong yeah. with that, yeah. Um, I wish I I wish I I got into the hype as much as other people did, but it just didn't grab me that same way. I was, I was bored by it. I didn't hate it. I'd probably give it like a six out of ten. I can't remember the first one that well, and I'm not compelled to watch it again to be honest. But I feel like I prefer the first one. But I also I feel like it came out when I was eleven, so I was probably just more into that kind of stuff at that age. Whereas now, like I mean, you know, 
I love A24 movies. Avatar ain't an A24 movie, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but I can definitely admire what he's going for. I think James Cameron is an exceptionally hardworking man. He doesn't need to. Like, he can retire today and be totally fine, you know? I admire him for that, but I don't think he's an amazing storyteller, to no, be honest. No, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But hey, that's the way of water for you. The biggest movie of the year. It needs to make $2 billion to break even. Will it do it? I think it can. I think it will. It will. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it's still it's still far off. It's only at like the early one billion, but I think it's getting there. I I, I hope so. I mean, it, it is still original. It's it's you know it's different to a super movie and stuff. So it's nice to see something, you know, slightly more fringy have that much popularity. You know that it managed to kind of keep people's interest, even though it took thirteen years to make. Yeah, I find that incredibly admirable. Um, but yeah, I think that is everything I ever had to say in my life. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> So blunt. We're done. We're done. Yeah, as always, guys, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week for the recap. Ciao, ciao. Bye. <laughs>